0: Thank you for joining IAB There. And now your host,
1: Randall Rothenberg. Over to you, Randall. Good afternoon. It is June 11th, 2020. I'm Randall Rothenberg, the CEO of the IAB, the digital marketing and media industry's trade body. And if it's 2 p.m. on the East Coast, you know it's time to IAB There. That's our daily live stream in which we connect the digital advertising ecosystem to itself so we can discuss all things digital all things advertising all things media and all things marketing our topic for today actually is much larger than the digital advertising and media and marketing ecosystem it's about change it's about social change and political change in the united states and ideally in the world And we're going to discuss what we're calling the change equity movement with our special guest, JT Batson, the founder and CEO of Hudson MX. JT, come on to the video stream with us. Hello, Randall. Hello, JT. Great to see you again. It's been a while. It has been a very long while. Wonderful
0: to see you as well.
1: So we've known each other for, uh, uh, for a long time, so I'm going to ask some intentionally stupid questions just to, uh, to set the tone. Um, and we've known each other actually in, in uh, kind of different uh, incarnations, business incarnations yes. and kind of social political incarnations. Yes. Uh, but first I want to ask you, what is Hudson MX? What are you doing for a living right now?
0: Sure. So Hudson MX is a, a company I started with uh, some colleagues and also actually my brother about uh, four and a half years ago uh, focused on uh, helping uh, the world's largest media agencies transform themselves to be able to deliver uh, optimal results for their clients and, and ultimately for
1: themselves and, and 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 how are you doing that i mean who, who are your competitors in the marketplace
0: sure uh, so we you know we started uh, uh, about as i said four four and a half years ago and uh, you know, we scaled a lot as a business. We're actually now up to 325 people. And early on, there was a training, uh, program that I put together. And, uh, in the training, I'd listed out potential competitors. And there was one that was listed in there that people always struggle finding when they Google for it. And that was inertia. Uh, and, uh, I, uh, Uh, I can't tell you the number of very intelligent, smart, seasoned, you know, advertising execs who joined the company who came and like, Hey, who's this company inertia? And I think, you know, one of the biggest challenges that we've, we've dealt with is, uh, uh, you know, has been that you've got this huge ecosystem, you know, all these different players who are all very powerful and and have very strong incentives around uh, the market staying the way it is. And and so that's, uh, you know, been our, 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 biggest challenge, but, but luckily Uh, you know, we've we've had some great traction and and the ball is rolling.
1: And you're trying to really uh, uh, prepare the way kind of from an infrastructure process expertise standpoint, prepare the way for what is actually staring us in the face, the convergence of the the video ecosystem primarily. Correct.
0: Absolutely. And I think the, I'm I'm glad you talked to, you know, so people and the process, because I think the people part of this is a, Uh, you know, a critical element. Uh, It's not just, and obviously, you know, we're the infrastructure company, uh, but uh, a big part of uh, successful infrastructure is uh, making sure that people are equipped to uh, actually take advantage of it. Uh, And it's my belief that if we uh, can provide this new infrastructure, there's going to be a a great wave of innovation that you'll see on the buy and sell side by virtue of, 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 you know, having modern plumbing when you're used to having aqueducts. And so the, you know, who knows what will happen? And I think the, what's been cool is, is we look at some of these very large agencies, very sophisticated. uh, They're taking very different paths going forward around how they're actually going to use, you know, this new infrastructure around how they're going to execute specifically video going forward. So I think you're going to see some some, uh, agencies consolidate around buying in a very client-specific way. Uh, uh, others are going to be very focused on audience activation. Uh, Others are going to uh, really be focused on automation uh, and and being able to strip out transaction costs so that the cost to to transact television looks a lot more like the cost to transact digital. So they're all taking, you know, eh, some of them are related, but I think they're taking very strong points of view around where they're making their bets, which is cool to me. Uh, to see this sort of innovation happening uh, in uh, in what is historically been thought of as the most mature of all, you know, big pies of, of the advertising space.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I, when I came over to the IAB, uh, it's 14 years ago now, um, one of the things that I, I said, it was in fact in the first set of presentations I gave to the board, and it was based on the work that we had been doing at my old consulting firm, Booz Allen Hamilton, was that the, uh, both the media sales force and the agency of tomorrow were going to re- resemble McKinsey or Bain practices a hell of yes. a lot more than they were gonna resemble the publisher sales force or the agency of today. And that it was gonna be easier for the publishers to get there because to the degree that technology was an underpinning, the publishing industry has always had uh, technology as part of its basis and the agency business not so much. So they needed companies like you.
0: Yeah, I think it's a really good point. And if you you think about when, so uh, for those who don't know, I was the chief strategy officer at of MediaOcean, uh, so I'm very familiar with the uh, sort of the existing infrastructure that agencies use. And was In fact, under- you
1: you helped create the modern yes. MediaOcean by helping to merge what had been Donovan Data Systems Correct. into uh, into uh, MediaBank.
0: Uh, absolutely, and I think the. Uh, one of the things that's underappreciated, as you look at the state of the market today, is uh, uh, when agencies—it's only recently that uh, technology is a front office capability of, of agencies. Uh, it historically was a back office function, then became a middle office function, mm-hmm. uh, and it's—it's it's only been the you know latest wave of, of incarnation of the role of the media agency where software has been. Uh, And technology has been at the forefront, and I think it's been that change which has necessitated the need for new plumbing, uh, because you know you you can only do so much on on a on an old foundation. Uh, And so I think that that's where that's the why now, and why so many people have engaged with us is is because technology is front and center uh, to their future in a way that historically that that wasn't the case.
1: So now I, I, I'm asking you these questions because I'm trying to establish your, uh, your bona fides as a, as a business leader. And, and in fact, you're not just a business leader. Uh, uh, you are a senior exec at, at Rubicon Project, top, top programmatic company. You were um, CRO of Cumulus, trying to bring Cumulus, the radio company, into the digital age. You yes. are basically a, a programmatic data steeped nerd uh, who is also a longtime company leader in some of the nerdiest parts of the digital advertising and media industry would you say that that is an honest and true statement that is an honest and true
0: statement and if I could flip around my camera and show you my uh, bookshelf then you would it would be a confirmation of how big of a nerd I am uh, so, so yes.
1: What what, what interests me here is that uh, you're also a a nerd with a a kind of passionately human side and a belief that uh, business leadership uh, not only can, but must make a difference in uh, social and political change. Um, And the reason I'm raising this is I was... uh, just really gratified and, and impressed and, um, and happy that uh, last week uh, you and I did something at almost exactly the same time. It was a little bit scary that, uh, that, that there was a bit of like simultaneous pressing the buttons on an idea. Sure. Um, a change that you were making in Hudson MX in terms of um, how you relate to your team the deployment of your team and your commitment to uh, social and political change. So that's a setup. Tell tell us what you did.
0: Sure. Well, I think the um, before I get to that, the I actually this is something I, I can't. I don't even know that my family knows this. Uh, the so before I started Hudson MX, I had um, uh, spent a lot of time thinking about what I wanted to do when I grow up. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've been fortunate to work with some uh, great colleagues and, and great companies and, and could really ponder what I wanted to do next. And uh, I, I um, really, really, really strongly vacillated uh, between going to law school uh, the, in my 30s, uh, mm-hmm. which is obviously not normal. And uh, the reason for that is both uh, my parents were actually civil rights lawyers. So I grew up, uh, you know, the family business is, is
1: essentially civil rights law. And you're from from where originally?
0: From from Augusta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, my folks uh, moved to Augusta, Georgia from Washington, D.C. Uh, after uh, law school. Uh, and My dad was mainly chasing my mother, but my mother was uh, going there to work for Georgia Legal Services, where she's worked for her entire career. Mm-hmm. And the um, uh, and I I was trying to you know I was wrestling with some of these same concepts that and I'll get to your question in a second. But I was wrestling with the uh, the concepts of how do I uh, make an impact all around social justice, which is something that's always been near and dear to my heart, uh, and uh, thought about law school as a, as a natural option because I knew that, but I actually ultimately chose uh, to re-enter the business arena because I felt it was important for uh, business leaders to take uh, accountability and responsibility for uh, uh, helping uh, uh, improve uh, our society more broadly not just make money and the uh when to your specific question when uh the when um ahmaud aubrey in georgia uh was killed and then obviously george floyd in minneapolis it crushed me i mean it it uh hit me like a, a wave that that i have never been hit before and and I remember calling one of my colleagues over the weekend, right as this first happened and said, we've got to do something. Uh, and uh, he actually uh, uh, was like, well, well, why don't you take some time to reflect on and think about what, you know, how you would want to approach this. And, and I really struggled for days uh, around uh, what's the right way for me personally to respond uh, and what's the right way for uh, us as a company to respond. And I think ultimately what I, What I did was one, uh, you know, give a very clear message to the company that uh, my personal values and our company values are Black Lives Matter, and that uh, we need to, particularly, you know, white Americans need to acknowledge the systematic and structural racism uh, that exists in this country, and that three, that we were going to do something about it, Uh, and the you know very tangible thing that we could do was dedicate. Uh, PTO uh, for all Hudson employees, specifically around civic engagement. Mm-hmm. And what's really cool is uh, off the back of, of me sharing my own point of view on this, but talking about the civic engagement, I've gotten photos and stories of all sorts of, of employees who since, you know, in, in less than a week, uh, have actually gone out and, and already, you know, jumped right in. Uh, and so, it's been really heartening to, to see, you know, see uh, see that play out in real life.
1: So uh, so we, it was very, very similar, but with, of course, without the background, well, it's actually, you know, similar uh, even in background because both of my parents were passionately uh, committed uh, politically uh, to, uh, uh, not just to the Democratic Party, but to the liberal wings of the Democratic Party. Um, I still remember my mom was one of the founders of the uh, the anti-war movement in our hometown uh, marched in uh, and got jeered in the memorial day parade and i guess it was 1968 you know at the uh, the peak of uh, those tensions so also raised with a you know that commitment to personally investing in social uh, justice and you know with us we had a similar thing i mean uh, uh george floyd's murder happened and coming on top of not just the uh the ahmed uh, Aubrey, but also the incident in Central Park, which fortunately had no bloodshed, but was horrifying uh, to see uh, with a birder who I've I've gone birding with. Um, It it was had the same thing. And then the the outpouring of anguish, especially from our our, our Black American colleagues. Um, And we said we've got to do something. So the first thing we did was call everybody together just for a meeting, just to talk just to talk just to hear and communicate the pain and the thing that was most powerful about it was also the realization of how many people on your staff are on your team are multicultural like literally multicultural i have white team members who have black children Uh, i have team members i thought were white and they're not they're black and and the pain that they feel um, and the fear about sending a son outside, you know, to the store and worrying about whether that child is gonna be able to come back uh, is, it's different than reading about in the newspaper. And I had the same reaction you did. What can we do? What can I do? And I'm, I'm interested, if it's leading to a question because the standard answer to that over the past X number of years Which always happens at times like this is, oh, let's ramp up our DNI initiatives. Sure. And that felt to me like absolutely important, but not enough. And it sounds to me like you had the same reaction. So tell me what led you to this.
0: I think that's exactly right. And the, so I was struggling as a human with what was going on and struggling with the fact that our country, who I, I love so much, was not living up to its ideals. So I was struggling very much personally uh, in that regard. And then I was struggling with how do how do we as a company uh, not uh, paper over this with uh, the historic ways that companies have ha- papered over uh, uh sort of important moments in our history uh, where we just move on and get back to selling widgets, whatever our widget is. And the and I think it's it's why it took me a while, frankly, and took us a while to wrap our head around what's the right approach to where we're not just uh, solving uh, what we can solve at Hudson, which by the way is super important. Uh, all of those things are critical, and that I don't mean to to imply anything else. And we all can can uh, strive to do better on that and do better on that. Uh, but but I wanted to make sure that we were uh, had some way to go attack it at its root cause. Uh, and uh, you know, this was the best we could come up with. Maybe there are better ways that I'm all ears and, and want to learn and do more. Uh, but it was, Randall, to your point, the I really, 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 uh, wanted to put thought into this as did a lot of my colleagues around, you know, how do we, uh, you know, you know, go attack, uh, and, and not, uh, um, uh, you know, not do the typical, uh, uh, you know, say the right thing, by the way, saying the right thing is important, uh, because words matter, words matter a lot. Uh, but, but, uh, You know, actions matter even more, and so I wanted to make sure that that was central to our culture and our values as a company, and and so that's why we put this policy in place.
1: Yeah, so we so we did the same thing. As you know, Uh, the turning point for me uh, is I was on a call with a couple other trade association heads and um, uh, and the CMO of one of the largest advertisers in the world. Um, We were going to talk about um issues in the television industry that was the purpose of the uh the call and the uh the cmo uh, hijacked it and he said the only thing i can think about now the only thing i'm interested in is how do we stop racism in the united states and i was really struck by that because he didn't say how do we increase diversity and inclusion in our industry he said how do we stop racism in the united states diversity and inclusion in our industry is extraordinarily important, um, but it's not political. Stopping racism in the United States is a political and social change statement. And those are fundamentally different. So I came away from that and, and I said, you know, okay, same thing as you. I We had statements that we were making. Uh, they were strong statements, but they didn't have a, okay, so what to them? And we came up with the same idea, give people time off, paid time off to, uh, to invest in a political or social effort of their choice. And we did the calculation. I mean, to me, the math here is, it's, it's actually extraordinarily powerful because in our little nonprofit, about 70 people, giving them uh, two days of PTO a month now through November, that equals a total of 840 days of investment, which is the equivalent if you figure that each year is 261 workdays, that's the equivalent in a tiny company of having a, uh, a department of three FTEs just working on political and social change. Then I did a little more math, which astonished me. If we could get 100 mid-market companies, say a thousand people each, to do exactly the same thing, that unleashes 1.2 million days of people power or change equity into the marketplace, that's the equivalent of a 4,600 person company working full time for a year on political or social change. So I was struck that that what, what Hudson MX have done, uh, what IAB have done, it would be fantastic if we can turn this into the, the foundation of a national movement.
0: Agreed, and I think, you know, one, uh, I think it's, uh, I applaud what, what uh, you guys are doing, and I love the fact that you're uh, trying to spread the word to uh, get more business leaders, and let's face it, almost usually, almost always, white business leaders, uh, to step up and 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 help take responsibility for uh, addressing these uh, inequities that are you know very apparent in our country. And I think the uh, you know the more that we all raise our hand and say, hey, we're uh, you know we're gonna actually take action on this and we're gonna make sure that it's a cultural norm of our organization to focus on these issues, uh, I think is critical. And that's the reason for us why we created special PTO days for this uh, was so that it was clear. Uh, and then we also, in our all hands meetings, are gonna be highlighting recent examples of people engaging in, uh, uh, in whatever way is, is important and relevant to them. So that way, it stays top of mind forever uh, around uh, uh, around why this is so you know, central to our values as an organization. You
1: know, it's very it's very interesting because uh, again, what it, what fascinates me is that we kind of spontaneously combusted around the same idea, and it sounds like we're spontaneously combusting around some of the you know kind of the underlying management approaches to it because we yes. said, oh. You know what it, it, the, the essence of this is it's decentralized the individual gets yes. to determine herself yes. where to invest her time yes. you now you want to invest your time in a political campaign fantastic a you know uh a phone bank for fundraising for a charity of your choice fantastic uh volunteering at your church or mosque or synagogue fantastic um but we also same thing uh, we're making our DNI council meetings mandatory now. Everybody has to go, so it's a second set of all hands. And we're using those for report backs. What do you, What are you doing? Why? What you know? What does it mean to you? Uh, how are you? How are you seeing a return on your investment? So we're hoping that that will have the effect of kind of really instantiating this in the culture of the company. That this is not just An addition to what we're doing, but it's essential. It's central to what we do as a company.
0: Well, one of the things, and this is definitely not something I've talked about publicly before, one of the key drivers in us actually scaling our business in Atlanta, so actually Atlanta is our largest office as a Hmm. company, uh, was uh, my belief that that would lead to a very diverse company. Uh, And, uh, you know, we've been very intentional from day one of making sure our, our offices are mainly New York and Atlanta, the two largest ones, that they ref, you know they reflect the communities where where we're based. Uh, but you know I, I'm I'm a big believer in uh, you know making that uh, you know sort of uh, you know key part of the organization as a company. Uh, but to our earlier conversation, uh, I just I just don't think that's enough anymore. You uh, you know we have to uh, you know create a a um, an opportunity for people to, to go make an impact to, to try to address some of these more systematic and structural issues, because not, not in any way shape or form that Hudson is perfect by, by no means. Uh, but let's say you could create a mythical, perfect, uh, office environment. Well, you know, your colleagues are human. And so they have to deal with the human realities outside of work
1: mm-hmm. and
0: that structural, you know, whatever mythical work environment you can, can create and, and God knows we should aim to create that. Uh, you know, people are still people and still have to live in the in in the world, and so we need to make it to where it's not okay. And, and it's declarative for me as their CEO and, and their colleague uh, that you know what's happening out there is not okay, and that we need to to step up and try to uh, address that. And so I think that's that's critical, is it from from my view on this.
1: Let me ask you some practical questions about how you're managing this. And I'm asking them <clears throat> actually because I need, I need help. I need, you know, this is, this is, how we originally were gonna give more uh, PTO. My, the original idea was one day a week through November. Um, and then um, our head of talent warned against it, but for a very real, uh, uh, and I thought astute reason. And she said, you know, people are already skittish about taking paid time off because they're afraid to be seen as not working hard enough uh, during this time of real economic constraint on all of us. And in addition, they're working at home, everybody, um, and their idea is, you know, they can't even take the, the PTO that they've already earned because what are they going to do? Move to another chair. So how are, you, how are you encouraging people in Hudson MX to actually invest the time?
0: So that's a great question. That was one of the, when we decided on this as a concept, we actually spent a lot of time thinking about, well, how do you make it to where everyone actually does it? Uh, and so that was, you know, part of it was by you know calling them out as special days. Uh, part of it was around highlighting it. Uh, part of it was, you know, me sharing my personal feelings uh, uh both as a human, but also as a CEO around this moment and what it's meant to me. And and, uh, and I think that created space for people to both share the what people shared with me has been remarkable. Uh, but then also we've seen it. People have gone and done stuff. Mm-hmm. Already gone. They're doing it. And so the, uh, the uh, and what to me, what's, what's amazing is it's not just that they're doing it. It's the fact that they feel like they can share it with their colleagues and be proud about it and the that that gets me uh that that we you know that you know people feel like their their colleagues are are right there with them and, and um, uh so so yeah so by no means are we perfect either on 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 how to solve for you know uh making it to where people can actually go take the action they want to take uh but the early signs of you know they're double digit numbers of people who've shared internally what they've done in under a week which to me that's pretty cool in terms of uh, early signs of progress for, for something we're all figuring out together
1: that is that is a, that is fantastic because uh, we haven't had our first meeting yet so i'm really looking forward to it i'm investing my time because i'm taking it too you got to lead by example right. absolutely in a uh in a project i'm doing on behalf of, uh, of a friend who happens to be a u.s senator uh and is one of the uh the major proponents of uh, vote by mail in the mm. united states so put together a a team of top advertising agency strategists and creative and leaders to see if we can, you know, create some kind of viral campaign around uh, vote by mail. Uh, I'm interested, you're a a Georgian native. I don't know if you're still voting in Georgia or not, but uh, you must have had an opinion on uh, this fiasco of, uh, you know, election day just uh, two days ago.
0: Yeah. What's unfortunate, most unfortunate is you could see it all coming. Uh, And, you know, these were intentional steps. And right, because uh,
1: there's the governor was secretary of state, and he, uh, as secretary of state, he was uh, highly involved in voter suppression campaigns.
0: Sure. And, and, you know, look, growing up in the South, uh, South, uh, like actually all all parts of the country and world have, have interesting political histories and Uh, you know, a lot of folks, I was a political science major, so I studied a lot of this. And and, look, there's rough and tumble stuff that has been going on for, you know, ever uh, in terms of uh, uh, different sides uh, employing different strategies to, uh, you know, tilt the scale a little bit in their favor. Uh, However, uh, uh, this isn't a slight tilt. This is, you know, dropping all of the weight on one side and, and, you know, flipping it the other way. And I think it's, it is—it's it, it's embarrassing, and it's sad, and it's wrong. Uh, and I think the—you uh, know—you know, just like i am proud of—you of, uh, know—being an American. I'm—you know—exceptionally proud to be from Georgia. Uh, and you know, I, I hope that—and I see this in in uh, colleagues and in friends that I grew up with who are who are there who are sick of it. Uh, and regardless of their political uh, affiliations, are sick of of. Uh, democracy not being, uh, you know, what it should be in this country, sick of what, uh, uh, you know, the sort of systemic racism means for their neighbors and their friends and their colleagues uh, and their family members. So, I, I you know, I, I'm, I am, uh, you know, disgusted about what's gone on there, but I am hopeful uh, that uh, more and more Americans are, and, and certainly, fellow Georgians are going. No, this is not acceptable, and we we want to do something about it.
1: Yeah, it so was a lot of your work there. It was it was quite striking, you know, to see those lines. I mean, I mean, it was obviously heartening to see how many people wanted to go out and vote, yes. uh, but it was disheartening to see the uh, obstructions that were intentionally put in uh, their place uh, by a governor uh, who was secretary of state and as secretary of state was in charge of the, uh, the voting structures there and who intentionally made changes that would make it more difficult to vote and now has a secretary of state who is now aiding him in that process. that question. Yeah, it would be nice to, uh, uh, it's nice to have that exposed so that it can be, can be overturned. Agreed. Let me ask you, let me ask you again, as the, uh, we're in the same industry, um, you know, we know, uh, you know between us, probably thousands of people you yes. know, who are senior executives at hundreds of ad agencies, publishing companies, brands, uh, uh, data companies, technology companies, platforms, you name it. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of these companies are bucking some of the larger economic trends. They're not doing that badly in yes. economic crisis. How do we get them? What 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 can we do to get them uh, kind of attuned to this thing that we're calling the change equity movement? How do we get them to realize how simple it is to just implement this and and you know let the the people power loose in your company?
0: Well, I think the first is by talking about it, uh, and you know the I I historically have not talked about these things uh, publicly uh, because I I rightly or wrongly, had sort of divorced uh, my personal feelings on a lot of these issues and my personal activities from uh, what I did work-wise. Uh, and ultimately, I realized that that's not possible and that's not right. Uh, and I think first is by acknowledging that, you know, uh, you know, as we talked about earlier, as business leaders and, and particular white business leaders, we need to step up. Uh, and I think, well, so one, just saying it and, and talking about it, and then I think, Uh, you know, you've uh, inspired me to actually reach out to friends and colleagues who work at other companies and say, hey, you guys should consider doing this too in whatever form makes sense for your business. But, you know, if you believe that your team is as talented and creative and entrepreneurial as I bet you do, then imagine what they can do for society if you, you know, create space for them to go make change. And so, uh, and and it's, you know, it's got to start at the top. Uh, and it's got to be something that you do yourself, whatever is, is, is you know, pertinent to, to what you care about and you feel like you can do. But I, I think it's, you know, we, we just got to look. We're in the advertising business. We, we, we know we, we have to uh, spread the word. Uh, and so uh, I think continue to do that in both, you know, in avenues and venues like this, but then also personal outreach saying, hey, this is important. This matters. Let's do this.
1: Yeah, we're, uh, I keep trying to find you know new language to describe it. So my latest um, my latest way of describing it is it's a uh, for, it's a matching 401k program for people's time. Company gives them time, the people give them time, uh, change happens. And, I agree. Yeah. And 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 uh, and it accrues dividends. The more you okay. invest, that was the, that the, the the idea of you know it was that with our little company. It's actually the equivalent of three FTEs working full time. That's pretty impressive. If I can get a hundred mid-market companies to release to release 1.2 million days, that actually overturns old structures, old systems, and, and creates meaningful social change, positive social change in the United States. So,
0: with that question, I mean, I think the what uh, one of the things I really struggled with was, you know, how does Little me. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, given I've got a business to run and I've got other things to do, uh, how do I, you know, you know, put my hand in the air and say enough is enough? I need to do something about it. Uh, and I think the, uh, you know, the idea that we all, literally everyone, can also, you know put their hand in the air and say enough is enough and put themselves in the arena to, to try to make a difference in something they care about, uh, and that they know how to do, uh, uh, I, I think is, is powerful. Uh, and just seeing that pathway, uh, uh, I think is something that was, was very freeing for me to know yeah. that, hey, there is something we can do about this. And there's something we should do about this. Uh, and, and it's important that we, we do it now.
1: But it's also based on something that I I, I think often takes people a long time to recognize, uh, but when they recognize it, they realize it's been staring them in the face forever and ever. Uh, And this, this is what I mean, people in this case, I mean, people in business leadership positions. At some point in your career, you come to the realization that one good person in your company or in your team Makes an extraordinary amount of b- difference, you know. Yeah. It's like if somebody comes in who knows what she's doing, is really enthusiastic, a guy comes in with ideas, is able to execute. Y- your business changes overnight. One person can make a difference, yeah. and so if you can actually unleash that difference-making capability, not just on things like how am I going to improve the effectiveness of my ad spend, uh, but unleash it towards things like, how am I gonna make voting rights better? How am I gonna get more people out to vote? How am I gonna get uh, more money funding this soup kitchen? That you can actually do it with just a handful of people and a handful of hours. I think that's the power of what you've done.
0: I believe that wholeheartedly. And I'm, you know, uh, like I said, in in under a week, I've already seen, you know, lots of examples, people have already shared of, of what they're doing. Uh, and so I'm, I'm, you know, thrilled to, uh, you know, see what, uh, you know, folks do next. Uh, it's, it's very exciting.
1: Well, JT Batson, thank you for being an avatar of the uh, change equity movement. Um, you and I, I hope, are going to continue to collaborate on this and, you know, beat the drum, trying to uh, recruit more companies, more company leaders, more people, more people power into it. So, so thank you for being a guest on IEB there today.
0: Thanks again, Randall. It's great to see you.
1: Great. See you again soon. Folks, on tomorrow's IAB There, we are excited to welcome Helen Lynn, the Chief Digital Officer of Publicists, where we'll discuss agile marketing in the COVID and post-COVID world. IAB There is a production of the Interactive Advertising Bureau. Our show today was produced by Connor Healy, Joe Ounce, John Ward, and Twafika Newton. I'm Randall Rothenberg, the CEO of the IAB. Thank you for watching. Come back tomorrow because if it's 2 p.m. Eastern time on a weekday, you know it's time to IAB there. Bye-bye. It's a great opportunity for all of our clients to come together and get to see
0: uh, the showcase of all the great content that's available from our uh, largest digital partners.
1: We like to learn what the partners are doing in the digital space. We like to understand what's new, how is the content platforms changing and evolving with the rapid fire digital space.